What do vampires, honeybees, and monster hunters have in common? All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 507. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Today's episode is all about the Netflix series called First Kill. First Kill is based off of a short story by V.E. Schwab or Victoria Schwab for an anthology called Vampires Never Get Old. The series is on Netflix, and it is a 2022 series. V.E. Schwab is also an executive producer on the series, And I really have a ton to dive into with this, so let's go ahead and dive into the characters. There are quite a few that we'll go through. Actually, before we dive into the characters, I kind of want to go over a little bit about the series as far as kind of what the vibe is of it, because... I, in, a, in trying to explain this series to some of my friends, the best way that I've come to describe it is the series is basically like a mashup of Twilight meets Vampire Diaries meets Buffy meets Romeo and Juliet. And I know that sounds like a lot. And I know that a lot of people think of the word Twilight as a bad thing. But the thing about this series is it is so much fun. It is really campy and full of a ton of really powerful explorations, like the exploration of what it really means to be a monster. And I think a really key thing that they bring out in the series, they quote Nietzsche in the series, they say, uh, they kind of paraphrase it and say, when hunting monsters, be careful that you don't become one. And I think that that's a really key feature of this series. The series is queer, but the It is not focused on that solely, and I love that. Um, I love that it's just, it exists as it is. And the characters are already very comfortable with their, uh, with their own sexuality as well as who they are. And it's a really cool thing about the series is that they are just who they are. And their queerness is not a sole focus of the series. It's just, it gets out of the way so that they can tell their really powerful stories. V.E. Schwab in an interview about this series said, quote, the real monster in First Kill is the history, the legacy that we bind ourselves to. And I'm going to go into that a little bit further later on in this episode. But keep that, keep that quote in mind, because it is a really powerful part of this series. All right, so now let's go ahead and dive into the characters. There are five of them that I'd like to go through today in this episode. So first off, let's go through the two title lead characters, I should say, uh, that the whole story sort of centers around. Both from different families, sort of like Romeo and Juliet, if you get that vibe here. The first one is Juliet Fairmont. And Juliet Fairmont is played by Sarah Catherine Hook. I personally have not seen her in anything else, uh, but I know that she has been in some things, possibly some horror-based films as well. So I I think that this role is is a really powerful one for her. Uh, Juliet Fairmont 
is a vampire. Yes, Julia is the vampire that we meet first and foremost. And when you first meet this character, I really got kind of bow vibes from Lost Girl. But she's a, a monster with compassion. And she really doesn't want to become a full-fledged vampire. And so she's been taking these blood pills, it looks like, uh, in order to keep her powers and her abilities and things at bay. Now, it's really interesting is that we see her still continuing to struggle and change. And we learn that she is uh, what we call a legacy vampire. So it's a vampire that's born, not made, uh, which is really fascinating. So Juliet is also quite naive. And I think this is a really important thing is that her naivety actually makes her super dangerous because she doesn't want to be who she is. So she hasn't paid close attention to what it means to be a vampire and the unique powers that she has as a specific legacy vampire. Now, I don't want to go into too much of that because that's a huge spoiler and I want you all to watch the series and, and get those vibes from it. But Julia is a really cool character. She's charming. She's friendly. And really, she just, she just really has a crush on Cal and she wants Cal to pay attention to her. Uh, and she has a best friend named Ben. And I love Ben. He's one of the best parts of the whole series. But uh, Juliet is a, just a really interesting character because she's willing to turn on her family and break tradition in order to follow her heart. And that compassion that she has is something that's very unique. And I think it's something that Cal is just not ready for because... Cal, or Calliope Burns, is played by Imani Lewis. And Calliope Burns, or Cal as she goes by, is the, pretty much the exact opposite of Juliet. In stark contrast to Juliet's naivety and compassion and all of that, Cal is tough. And she's been raised with hate in her heart for monsters. And she doesn't feel like she's ever going to be good enough for her family. So she's been raised by a family of monster hunters that are guild. Is that what they're called? Guild certified <laughs> uh, monster hunters. And the thing about Cal is that she's prickly, whereas Julia is warm and inviting, which may be a part of being a vampire because vampires are enticing. But, uh, Cal, on the other hand, is kind of prickly, like a porcupine a little bit. And of course, these opposites attract. Uh, Juliet was the first person to be nice to Cal uh, as she has moved into this new school. And Cal is headstrong and adaptable, which are interesting traits to her because, I mean, being a monster hunter and constantly moving, she has had to learn how to adapt to new situations all the time. But the thing about Cal that's really different from a lot of other people in her family is that Cal is willing to be brave enough to question when something doesn't feel right. She won't blindly follow anymore. She might have followed blindly before until she met Juliet. 
And then she starts to see that monsters are not everything that they've been told that they are. Uh, And that's a really interesting uh, storyline, a really interesting plot point for this TV series is that it really explores looking, looking at those traditions and the, the legacy that you have been following for so long and breaking with it if it's something that no longer suits or doesn't uh, it doesn't feel right anymore. And so Calliope and Juliet, Cal and Juliet, uh, they really are the epitome of that because they are both willing to break with tradition in some way and to become better people. When you know better, you should do better. And, uh, and I think that's something that you start seeing with Cal as you keep moving through there. So those are the, those are the two lead characters in the series, but they all, there are also some really powerful characters that are from both families, uh, that I'd like to go over as well. The first one is a character that rapidly became one of my favorite characters in the series, and that is Talia Burns or, uh, Cal's mother. Talia is played by Albin Wise, and I am certain I mispronounced that name. Uh, but Talia is a really fascinating character. If I had to choose one word to describe Talia, I would say fierce. Talia is fierce. And the thing about her character is that she is unwilling to give up on people when they make mistakes or let her down. You see it time and time again throughout the course of the first season. But she is willing to uh, forgive and to learn uh, from that situation, which is really interesting. Talia is also willing to listen and grow. So she doesn't seem to be fueled by hatred in the same way that her husband is. And I think that's really interesting is that in this uh, family unit uh, with Talia and Cal and the brothers and the father, is that the father is just like absolutely hold the line, really hard line in the sand about monsters. And uh, he has no qualms about killing a monster, neither do his brothers or neither do his sons for, uh, for the most part. But Talia doesn't seem to be fueled by that hatred in the same way. I'm sure she has some sort of hatred for monsters. And there are reasons why, and you'll learn about those in the series, but she is more even keeled and and reasonable when it comes to that. She doesn't immediately, uh, what's the word? She, she's willing to listen when Cal brings Juliet by things like that. Like not like the father who just immediately wants to kill Juliet immediately, immediately. But uh, Talia has some of that complexity to her character. And the thing I really love about Talia is that she is willing to stand up for what she believes in, even if it goes against that tradition. Again, there's that tradition thing coming in there. Uh, She, like Cal, uh, will no longer blindly follow the, the patriarch of her family. She wants to do what she believes is right. And she loves, loves her children. And I think that's where she sort of forms a sort of bond with Margot Fairmont. So Juliet's mother, uh, played by Elizabeth Mitchell. And I think that's kind of where they, they form that bond is that they both love their children. 
And there's that sort of motherly bond in that way uh, that they understand each other and they understand the desire to save their children's lives. Regardless of what their children have done or what has happened to them, they truly do feel that motherly bond with their children and they want them to live and to have a better life than they've had. And you can see that in the way that they interact with their children and with each other too. They kind of form a a tenuous, what's the word? Peace, truce? Truce, that's the right word. (laughs) They kind of form a truce with each other because of their love of their children. Margot is a character that I have a feeling in season two we'll get to know better, uh, but she is just a super complex character. Initially, she comes across as really cold and callous, but she begins to show compassion for the humanity and the gentleness that she sees in Juliet. She doesn't want her to be a quote unquote monster. And she, even though she seems really cold at, at the beginning, you start to see that, that, that compassion for Juliet and for her husband and even for Eleanor and the son as well. So it's interesting to see that. I also, you, you learn that Margot is actually super defiant in the face of tradition. So we've got four characters here who are all about being defiant and changing and wanting to grow and be different from the legacy that they have been tied to. And I love that about them. Because initially, you just think Margot is this like, yeah, she's a vampire. She loves to kill people. She has absolutely zero regard for anyone other than other vampires, other legacies. But then you start to see all of these layers come out of her. And it's so cool to see that character build. And I cannot wait to see more of that in season two as well. The last character is potentially one of the most interesting characters to watch in season two when that comes out, but it's Eleanor Fairmont. So the older sister of Juliet, and she's played by Gracie Dienzi. I totally mispronounced that, but I've seen this particular actress in another series, which was one of my favorites, which was Chasing Life on, I think it was a freeform series. But uh, yeah, Eleanor is a super sort of dark and manipulative character. But so she's, uh, I'd say she's probably a sociopath of some sort, psychopath even, I'm not sure. But she's really manipulative and calculating and willing to allow her legacy to excuse her actions. So in stark contrast to the other four characters that we've discussed so far, Eleanor is the one that most enjoys being embroiled in that legacy. And she fully, wholeheartedly embraces her monster side. And uh, Eleanor has some interesting powers compared to Juliet and some other characters, but Eleanor has this way to like make people forget things. She has this like twinkly eye situation going on. And uh, what does that remind me of? I feel like, is it always vampires that can make you forget about things? I'm trying to remember back to other series that have vampires like Vampire Diaries. 
I can't remember. I can't remember if vampires are the thing that can always make you forget about things, but I know that there is a really prominent monster type uh, in a in a series that can do that. But it's got to be vampires. Anyway, so Eleanor really is uh, all about power and getting the power in her family, becoming the matriarch of the family, basically. And because of that, she sort of hides behind her legacy as a shield, and she lets it excuse her actions. And she does some pretty terrible things uh, throughout the course of the first season. But she is an interesting character, and she is super complex and also strong. And in her own way, I think she does love her family. She loves Juliet in her own way, I think, as well. And it's interesting to see the progression of her character through the course of the season. Because at the beginning, you're kind of like, I'm not really sure how I feel about this character. Then you go to loving her, and then you're not really so sure about it. But... She certainly always keeps you guessing throughout the course of the season. And I am so interested in seeing how they develop that character in season two. Julia and Cal, because they are the central characters of the series, I found it interesting that while there was some growth with their characters, there wasn't as much as some of the other side characters that were that were going on in the background behind them. And I am excited to see where that goes in season two as well. I think that one of the really cool things about the vampires in this particular series, and that's the thing I, I love about each iteration of the vampire story, uh, is that all vampire stories sort of have similar uh core elements to things that vampires can do things that vampires can't do you know it's really interesting i love that they brought over in this series that vampires can't enter your residence without being invited in which is a really powerful part of being a vampire and it's in almost every uh every vampire type series like vampire diaries um twilight you know all of the all of the major vampire type uh stories that go on they have that. But one of the really cool aspects of vampires in this universe, in this V.E. Schwab universe, is that in order to make another vampire, there has to be love involved. And I found that to be such a fascinating part of this universe. And maybe it has existed in another type of vampire story before. And maybe V.E. Schwab is not the first one to do that. But I really loved that aspect of it is that to create a vampire, you have to, there has to be some sort of love involved in it, which I found so fascinating. And I cannot wait to see what happens for season two. So should you watch First Kill? I think so. If you love the sort of campy, soap opera, dramatic, but also funny, surprisingly funny, uh, sort of vampire, monster, monster hunter, Buffy vibes uh, kind of series, absolutely. Be forewarned that it is a little bit gory as far as... Uh, yeah, the killing monsters, that kind of stuff. It's a little, it's a little gory, but it's funny. My friend said to me, it's, if you're walking along and it's, you know, it feels like it's a vampire diary situation and then 
boom, there's like a zombie kill happen and it's terrifying. So it has sort of that campy horror vibe to it as well. But it also has surprisingly so much heart and such a wonderful exploration of what it really means to be a monster and what the real monster is and how we can change. We don't have to go back to our history. We can look at the history and learn from it and become better. And that's what we should all do. And I think that's a wonderful story that is told in this particular series as well. First Kill is available on Netflix right now, streaming the entire first season, which is just eight episodes, and it is very bingeable. I think I watched it within the course of a week because I don't like to binge all in one night, but I could have. I think I've binged three episodes of it in one night, and then I made myself only do one at a time after that. Here we are at the episode question, gentle listeners. What is your favorite vampire slash monster monster hunter type of series are you a huge buffy fan do you love twilight do you love vampire diaries or legacies or the originals or any of those in that universe of vampire diaries i would love to hear your recommendations you can tweet them to us with the hashtag lasers lockets or you can join the conversation over on our discord the link is in the show notes for that And that is it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lasers Lockets. And we will catch you back here in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Until then, watch out for silver bracelets dropped by your brooding lover. Be sure that as you hunt monsters, you don't become one yourself. Be kind to one another and be awesome. All right.